Well, hey there, everyone. This is Dana Shea, and you're listening to Real Relationship Talk. Today, we are in episode two of our new series called Marriage Vows. Today's episode, episode 58, is going to be all about that little piece of paper. Like, it, it kills me when people tell me marriage is just a piece of paper. Well, today, we're going to talk about the importance of that little piece of paper. We are talking today about the financial and the legal benefits of marriage. And so this is going to be an episode that you are surely going to want to bookmark. And if you are someone who has been kind of on the fence as far as should we get married? Should we not? Is it really necessary? I think you're really going to be able to come away from this episode with a lot of value and why I personally believe marriage is one of the best financial decisions that you can make. So before we get into the meat of today's episode, I want to share with you a Today with Dana Shea question. This question came in through a direct message on Instagram from a girl named Lexi. And Lexi asks, Hey Dana, I have been dating my boyfriend for two years and we are considering marriage. My mom said that we should start pre-marriage counseling now. I think we should wait. What if he doesn't ask me to get married? I don't want to have gotten my hopes all up high, scare him off, or waste time. What do you think? So, Lexi, I think that this is such a great question. And to be honest, it's a question that I don't get a lot, but it's a question that I wish more dating couples would ask. I believe the best time to start pre-marriage counseling or premarital counseling or premarital coaching or whatever you call it, I personally believe the best time to do that is before you get engaged. And I'll tell you why. When you get engaged, most couples are only focused on the wedding. You probably have already put down deposits. You have secured catering, DJs, all kinds of things like that. And unfortunately, the premarital coaching part is almost like an afterthought. I have sat with couples who are just weeks away from their big day, and I know that there is probably nothing that I'm going to be able to tell them in that session that's going to sway them or cause them to put a hold on the wedding. Now, honestly, I'm not trying to break couples up. I've said this before on other episodes. However, if I am coaching a couple and I really feel that it is in their best interest to wait, I think that it's wise to be able to have a little bit of latitude and time for couples to be able to kind of put the brakes on things so that they can work on their relationship. Sadly, most couples are not thinking this way. Most couples have already decided no matter what their pastor says, no matter what their coach or their counselor or parents or friends say, once they're engaged, they have one goal and that's to get married. And I just don't think that that's the best approach. So I would say to you, Lexi, your mom is right. I would follow her advice and I would go ahead and start premarital coaching right away. If he doesn't marry you or doesn't ask you to get married, well, then you haven't really lost anything. As a matter of fact, this can actually strengthen even your dating relationship. So that would be my advice to you. I hope that you take it. All right, you guys. Well, let's go ahead and jump into today's episode. Okay, guys. So as y'all know, we are in a series called Marriage Vows. 
Last week's episode, we talked all about the sacredness of marriage. And so I really kind of came at that episode from a theological perspective, from a spiritual perspective, really trying to lay the foundation of why marriage is not just something that we do because we love somebody. It's actually sacred. It's a sacred covenant. It's a sacred union. And if you missed episode 57, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to that. We are building upon every single vow. So in episode 57, I recited the traditional marriage vows. You can actually take a listen to that episode or even pull up the show notes at realrelationshiptalk.com slash episode 57. And we're going to break down every single component of these marriage vows. We are taking this step by step because I pray and hope that at the end of this series that you walk away feeling the weight of your decision. If you're already married, this is going to strengthen your marriage. If you're considering getting married, hopefully this will help you to make a more informed, committed decision. So let's go ahead and talk about the little piece of paper, right? Have you guys heard people say that? Maybe you've said that. Marriage is just a piece of paper. Why do I need this piece of paper? And I always like to tell couples who say that, that, you know what, that little piece of paper is worth hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. And we're going to talk about why. Marriage doesn't just have legal benefits, but marriage actually also has financial benefits. But I don't want to jump the gun. So let's, first of all, establish something that most of us know, but I think it bears being repeated, and that is marriage is a legal contract. You can't just decide that you're going to go get married and ask your neighbor to perform your ceremony. You have to actually be joined together in holy matrimony, even if you don't consider it to be holy. You have to be joined together in matrimony by an official licensed minister or someone who has been recognized by the state to perform weddings. Even if you go to Las Vegas and elope, those officiants are licensed by Las Vegas, Nevada. And so marriage is a legal contract. You must be legally released from the contract or from the relationship in order to make the marriage null and void. So you can't just decide, I don't like this person anymore and I'm going to move out and I'm going to marry somebody else. No, you actually have to have that first marriage legally terminated. And this is why it's so interesting when I find out that couples are dating people and they haven't officially legally gotten divorced. I'm like, why in the world would you ever put yourself in that situation? You are vulnerable, especially if you're moving in with folks, right? Because technically that first spouse still has all of the legal responsibilities and rights to that person. And so I would never do that. Again, not even just from a moral or a spiritual perspective. I would not financially invest in a relationship with someone who is still legally married to someone else. So marriage has to be legally terminated. It has to be entered into legally, and it has to be legally terminated. 
Now, the marriage is mostly state regulated, meaning that each state has different benefits or different rights or different responsibilities. In the beginning of um, gay marriage, for example, coming to kind of the forefront, there were certain states who approved gay marriage and there were certain states that did not allow it. And it wasn't until 2015 that the federal government stepped in and said, "Okay, we're going to actually supersede any state's rights and we are going to make gay marriage legally binding in all 50 states of America. There are also some states that recognize common law marriage. Basically what a common law marriage is for those of you who don't know is if you have lived with someone and you are acting as a married couple, you can basically say we are married by common law. And some states recognize this. Some states actually extend some of the financial or government legal benefits to spouses who are in common law marriage. Again, in my opinion, I would not be in a common law marriage because what if you move states? Sometimes it's messy. Sometimes it can be a little tricky because you may have entered into a common law marriage in one state, but another state doesn't recognize it or allow it. And so I think that marriage, it protects you. It offers you benefits, but it also just protects you from a legal standpoint. I would not be in a relationship with somebody for years and years and years and leave myself open vulnerably, leave myself financially susceptible to having invested all this time, resources, energy, money into a relationship. And at the end of the day, that person can just walk away and now I'm left with nothing. I'm going to tell you a little story about somebody that that happened to in just a moment. Okay, so we also know that marriage is voluntary. It has to be consensual. You cannot marry someone against their will. Praise the Lord. This is not the 1800s, right? You have to go into this, first of all, in your right mind. So you cannot marry someone if you're inebriated or under the influence of any sort of substances. You have to be coherent because marriage is a voluntary and a consensual act. In pretty much every state, I believe, even in Utah, I think, you have to have only one living spouse at a time. You cannot be married to two and three people at the same time. And this kind of goes back to what I was saying as far as you have to be legally released from your marriage contract. Okay, so that might be kind of common sense for most of us. But as we know, common sense isn't always common. So I hope you guys are getting the point that I'm trying to make. Marriage is serious business. Marriage is not something that we should enter into lightly. And it has legal and financial ramifications. So when I hear couples that have been together for like two and three weeks and they're like, we're going to get married. I'm like, okay, you know, put the brakes on that for just a second. I want you to be able to understand what you're about to enter into. Likewise, Couples that have been together for two and three and five and six years, I'm like, okay, you're investing a lot of time and energy into something that you might not actually be able to get anything out of in the end. So marriage is important and it's not to be entered into frivolously or without any thought because it will affect you in the long run. So most of us know the rapper DMX, right? I mean, when I was growing up as a teenager, he was in my ear all the time, DMX, DMX, DMX. And DMX tragically died earlier this year, and he left behind millions and millions of dollars in assets and a full 
music library that his estate is still earning income from. Well, his girlfriend, who he had been with for, I believe, five or six years, they had a five-year-old son, and they had been, quote, engaged for a couple of years his girlfriend petitioned the courts to be recognized as his common law wife. Well, the court shut it down. They were like, no. And many people say that the only reason that she was doing this is because of the inheritance that she would have gained following his death. So not only would she have been able to cash in on the life insurance if he had a life insurance policy or to be able to sell his assets, but also that music catalog that's still earning money, she would have been the primary beneficiary of all of that. And DMX has adult children. And so those adult children petitioned the court like, no, 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 sweetheart, slow your roll. And so the court shut that down. And I bring that story up to say that if you are in a common law situation, and maybe you haven't petitioned the court to um, recognize your relationship as common law, but if you've just been investing time with somebody and you think that in the end you're going to come out on top, This is a situation that shows us that this woman did not have that little piece of paper that people don't put any value on until they need to. So get the piece of paper, okay? If you don't get anything else from this episode, that's what I'm trying to say. She needed that legal protection and she didn't have it. And so unfortunately, all she has to walk away from that relationship with is her memories and her five-year-old son. So let's talk about some of these benefits because I think, I mean, marriage is great. You guys, this is why I do this podcast. I believe in marriage. I believe that it's a wonderful, quote, institution, but I believe that it takes your relationship to a whole nother level. But other than that, it actually comes with some built-in benefits. Some of these you all might know and some of them might be new to you. So the first benefit is that Being married actually protects your financial interests. Marriage also gives you the legal rights to make medical decisions for your spouse. God forbid you and your boyfriend or girlfriend are involved in a tragic accident and your boyfriend or girlfriend has told you what they want to happen in such an event, you will not have a leg to stand on if you are not legally married to that person. They're next of kin which would be their parents, or if they have adult children, that person actually would be the one making medical decisions. Get this, even if they've not talked to that person in years. And we see stories like this popping up in the news, right? Well, you'll have the estranged parents that now get to make all of these financial and medical decisions for a person because they are not legally married. So marriage provides you with that protection to be able to make those financial decisions. Marriage also gives you tax benefits. If you have filed taxes together, you file married, filing jointly, that gives you a bigger tax break than if you're single. Uncle Sam thinks it's a good idea. So do I. But not only does marriage give you tax benefits, but it also gives you benefits such as inheritances. We just talked about that with DMX's girlfriend, life insurance benefits, mortgage deeds, etc. So there's financial benefits of actually being legally married. Also, you get Social Security, Medicare, 
military benefits. And it's always funny when I hear like these like 19 and 20 year olds getting married. I'm like, "Mm -hmm, I know what that's about. Like, sure, they're in love. But they also realize that if I'm in the military and I'm 20, I'm going to get a higher check, a a larger check, whether it's BAH or whatever the benefits are just for being married. Listen, you guys might not know this, but you also get insurance reductions. So if you were to put toe-to-toe a 21-year-old married man and a 21-year-old single man, the married man's insurance premiums are going to be lower. Why is that? Because most organizations and companies consider married people to be more financially responsible, more socially responsible, and so they're going to reward that with cheaper premiums. And then another benefit is that married people actually get access to better credit and loan rates. If you go to buy a house, even though interest rates, at least at the taping of this podcast, are historically low right now, if you're married, you're still going to have access to better loan rates. All of these financial and government benefits, it just makes sense to be married. Ladies, Guess what? I'm super excited to announce to you my new group coaching class called Wife Life. That's right. This group coaching class is going to be for wives and soon-to-be wives, women who are engaged to be married, who want to go deeper in their relationships with their husbands and deeper in their relationships with one another. You guys, I have been in several group coaching classes, and if I can give you a little secret, you not only glean from the wisdom of the main coach, which is me, but you are also going to glean from the wisdom and the stories and the encouragement and the support of each other. I want to encourage those of you who, for whatever reason, haven't been able to get started with individual coaching or even relationship coaching. Group coaching is going to blow your socks off. You are going to be so glad that you are a part of this initial class. I cannot wait to see you in this session. So here's the deal. For more information and all the deets, head over to DanaShea.com forward slash wife life. That's D-A-N-A-C-H-E dot com forward slash wife life. I'm super excited about this session. You guys, we are going to go higher. We are going to be better wives and our husbands are going to be the happy recipients of everything that we're going to learn. So I will see you in the wife life class. Talk soon. All right. So if we're going to talk about the benefits and the rewards, we also have to be fair and talk about some of the risks and some of the responsibilities of being married. If you're married, you are putting yourself on the line for financial support of the children in that marriage. Get this, even if those children are not yours biologically. Yes, there have been states where someone, a woman, let's say in this situation, had children outside of the marriage, but because she entered into a marriage with someone and they were married for a significant amount of time, that divorced husband is now legally and financially responsible for those children, even if they're not his biologically. Now, I know that there are loopholes and I'm sure that people can get out of those and that's fine, but I just have to let you know that you are putting yourself on the hook to be financially responsible for the children that that marriage conceived or even represents. There are also other liabilities, financial liabilities, 
credit liabilities. If your spouse enters into a contract and they're not able to pay, that can sometimes come back and bite you. If your spouse files for bankruptcy or has a foreclosure or something like that, those things can affect your credit if you're married. Some of the other risks or responsibilities is alimony. Obviously, right? If you're married and you've been married, again, this is regulated differently by different states. But if you're married and you get divorced, your spouse can actually claim alimony, sometimes for the rest of their lives. And so that's a big question mark that you need to consider. Do I want to be responsible for this person for the rest of my life? That is a risk that you run when you get married. And then also just shared income and property. When you get married, that property is the property of the marriage. And this is why sometimes spouses who have ill intentions, they try to hoard their own assets. A lot of times when that goes to court, the court will say, sorry, Mr. So-and-so, sorry, Mrs. So-and-so, that property is actually property of the marriage. And this is why you have some divorces that drag on and on and on for years because they're trying to split up that marital property. And so those are some of the risks and some of the responsibilities that you do incur when you enter into a marriage. However, I would still say that the rewards far outweigh the risk. If someone was sitting in my office and I was actually counseling them of whether they should get married or if they should not get married, just from a legal standpoint, I would always say the rewards far outweigh the risk. Go ahead and get married. Now, obviously, there are other factors which will continue to kind of break down in future episodes of what marriage is all about and how these vows are sacred and how people really need to be taking these vows seriously. So in the marriage vows, when it says, I, Dana, take thee, Sean, to be my lawfully wedded husband, what does that mean? To be lawfully wedded means that marriage is not just a relationship between two people. Marriage is a relationship or a contract, if you will, between those two people and the state that they live in, and yes, even the federal government's. And this is why a lot of people don't get married, because they're like, I don't want the government telling me what I can and cannot do. I don't want the government regulating my marriage. And when people say that, I always wonder, what are you trying to hide and what do you want to protect? To me, if I was in a relationship with somebody and they gave me that line, that's a red flag for me. I'm like, what do you not trust me? You know, do you think that by entering into a marriage with me that somehow you're going to come out on the bottom? Like, what is that all about? And this kind of opens up the the conversation for prenuptial agreements. And this is the deal, you guys. I don't know how I feel about prenups. You know, I I think that just philosophically, I feel like they're kind of iffy. Like when you're entering into a marriage with someone and in the back of your mind or maybe even in the front of your mind is what's going to happen when this marriage ends. Like to me, that's that's a big red flag. Like, why are we even thinking about divorce and we're not even married yet? So that's what I think of initially as far as prenups are concerned. But then from a financial and even a wisdom perspective, I understand the need for prenups. 
especially when you're dealing with people who have multiple zeros in their bank account. If I was super wealthy, I think I would want to protect myself just in case my spouse went off the rails. And so that's why I'm kind of on the fence. And you guys can let me know what you think about that. I would love to hear from you. You can send me a DM on Instagram. Maybe we'll kind of open up a poll as to what people feel about prenuptial agreements. I'm just on the fence. I don't know. I don't, I, I'm not going to go out and say I think that they're wrong. I'm not going to say that I think people should do them. I personally have not counseled couples as to whether I think that they should or should not get a prenup. But if that situation comes up, I think I would refer them to a financial planner because, yes, there are ramifications of marriage, which I just kind of talked about in some of the risk and in some of the responsibilities. So it's a short episode today, but I wanted us to start off by just looking at that first line in the marriage vows. What does it mean to be lawfully wedded? I think it's a question that we really need to ask before we enter into these marriage covenants. Marriage is a covenant. It isn't something to be taken lightly. So that's our show for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you have not already signed up for the Wife Life class, I want to encourage you to do so. We are running out of time for registration. The class will be starting in just a couple of weeks. And I want every single wife who wants to be a part of this initial group to be a part of it. So you can register for the Wife Life class at danashay.com slash wifelife. For the rest of you, I would love to hear your ratings and your reviews. If this podcast means something to you, if you've been getting some value out of it, if you've been sharing it with others, let me know on Apple Podcasts. You can rate the podcast and it's super easy to just write up a few sentences and leave a review. Well, that's all that we have for you today on today's episode, you guys. Thanks so much for being a part of the Real Relationship Talk family. I love the conversations that I'm having with many of you in my DMs on Instagram. Who would have guessed? There are so many people who say, hey, I love your show. I'm listening to your podcast. I love every single time I get a message from people that say, hey, I shared this podcast with my friend. Hey, my mom sent me this podcast. So happy to find your podcast. Welcome to all of our new listeners and to those of you who faithfully listen every single week. It is my joy to bring you guys these episodes every single week. So continue to share them and let's implement what we're learning in our marriages and in our relationships. So I hope you guys have a blessed week. Take care, and I'll see you on the next episode. Once in a generation, a podcast comes along with the power and eloquence to inspire us all. This show will entertain you while you wait for that one. Join two best friends, author and former history teacher John Driver and comedian Johnny W. for hilarious and authentic conversations about life, history, culture, faith, and everything in between. You can listen to Talk About That wherever you find your podcasts or at lifeaudio.com. 